You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. So, yeah, I get to preach on the reign of Christ. (laughs) On Christ the King Sunday 2016. I get to be the one who in the midst of this awful year gets to tell you about how Christ is in charge. How he's king of kings and lord of lords and he shall reign forever and ever. And that we will be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us. And just look around, from David Bowie dying at the beginning of the year to right now, that's super believable, isn't it? (laughs) And on top of that, today is the annual Transgender Day of Remembrance, a day set, set aside each year to memorialize those trans people who in the previous year have killed, have been killed, or have killed themselves. This year... The worldwide list includes 295 names, 123 from Brazil, 52 in Mexico, and 23 in the United States. We won the bronze this year. Each year at memorial services around the world, the list is read, and it's heartbreaking. Not just the sheer numbers, but the various reasons given. Worst for me are the children who seem to appear every year dead because their fathers didn't want sons who were sissies. Years ago, at the height of the AIDS epidemic, Kathy Fink and Marcy Markser wrote a song about the AIDS quilt. The AIDS quilt was a project to commemorate those who had passed from AIDS. Each three-foot by six-foot panel of each three-foot by six-foot panel of the quilt contains the name of a victim along with personal memories from their friends and families that made the panel. It now consists of an estimated 48,000 panels and weighs around 54 tons. Kathy and Marcy's song begins, a patchwork of thousands of precious names. There must be someone that you know. Every year on the Transgender Day of Remembrance, as the list of the dead is read, I can't help but think of the chorus of that song which applies every bit as much to the list that's being read today as it does to the quilt. And I know that my name could be there, and I've felt the pain and the fear. And as human loves and passions do not make us all the same, we are counted not as numbers, but as names. It's exceedingly hard for me to stand before you tonight and speak to you of my hope and faith in God's triumphant reign over the earth and how everything is going to be okay and that we will get to the point where we, are, where we no longer need to be afraid or be dismayed. It's hard when I look at the state of the nation today. It's even harder when I remember that I'm someone who can be killed for just walking into the wrong bathroom. But we're here. So I might as well give it a try. Now... I'm not what they call a cradle Lutheran. In fact, I was 49 before I first came to a Lutheran service, so I guess I'm a midlife crisis Lutheran. (laughs) 
Before that, I was a true blue Presbyterian, specifically of the Presbyterian Church USA variety. I'd served as clerk of session on two different congregations, attended a Presbyterian seminary, passed the Presbyterian ordination exams, and could explain to you the difference between the BOP, the PDA, the PPF, the COM, the CPM. Presbyterians love their three-letter three acronyms. And mostly I don't miss all of that. All that I found here with you at house outweighs all of the, any nostalgia. Except, except around Reformation Sunday. Here, predictably, on everything on Reformation Sunday is about Luther. Luther said this. Luther did that. Luther insulted those guys. Luther, Luther, Luther. But what about Zwingli and Calvin? What about the other parts of the Reformation? Because what was happening in Germany with Luther was happening across Europe in ways that gave birth to other traditions in the church. Traditions that many of us came from before we found house. Traditions that we still draw from to give us hope. And so on this day when we celebrate Christ and Christ's kingdom, I thought what better day to listen for hope from another corner of that kingdom. One place where I've always gone to find hope is in a confession from the Reformed tradition called the Heidelberg Catechism. Catechisms are written in a question and answer format. And through the years, the first question and answer of the Heidelberg has been very important to me. I've quoted it, written about it, and just plain relied on it at many times in my life. The first question of the Heidelberg Catechism is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer is, that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has paid fully for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair on my head can fall without the will of the Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, and by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready to live for him from now on. The reason I keep going back to it is that it reminds me that whatever problems I face, I don't need to face them on my own. That I belong to God. And that, as Jeremiah reminds us, God will gather all of the all of God's flocks together and that together we shall not have to be afraid any longer. I find the same comfort in the gospel text. How Christ, even when he's dying on the cross, continues to bring the good news of salvation to those around him, even to those who have been judged by their society to be unworthy of that love and care. In the past, those things have always brought me great comfort, but today I'm struggling with them. How is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And right there we're back to the problem with Christ the King Sunday. Talking about all the things that tell us about Christ's reign and sovereignty that I have lived with and believed in all of my life and that I want to believe right now and convey to you and they all just look like complete bullshit. When looked at against all the crappy things that keep happening in the world, when we fear for our safety, see our friends and loved ones suffering, 
when we see the powers and principalities of the world looming over the weak and marginalized. And then we hear God saying through Jeremiah, I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed. We hear those things and we struggle to think of anything other than, yeah, right, or when, Lord, when. When are those shepherds coming? How long must we wait? And I felt that way for quite a while now. And today, as we remember my departed trans brothers and sisters, it just seems to get worse and worse. It gets harder and harder to see how all things are working together for my salvation. But then I think about house and about all of you. And I know that in my heart that there has to be an answer to the despair. In a few minutes, Reagan will lead us in the celebration of the Eucharist. Near the end of the spoken part of the celebration, right before we start coming up, he will hold up the elements, the host and the cup, which we're reminded each week we believe to be the body and blood of Christ. And as he holds them up, Reagan will say something like, Behold what you are. Become what you receive. Behold the body of Christ. Become the body of Christ. In his blessing last week, Bishop Ganya said that now is the time for us to be the church. And throughout history, the church has been known as the body of Christ in the world. And we're back to that. I don't know exactly what the bishop was thinking when he said that it was time to be the church. But thanks to that Presbyterian heritage, I know pretty well what it means to me. For more than 100 years, the mainstream of the Presbyterian church in this country has included in its constitution a list of the six great ends of the church, six purposes of the church. It's a great list. I love it. I'm sure I've quite annoyed quite a few people through the years with my desire to bring things back to how they relate to the great ends. I'll be happy to rattle off all six of them for you anytime you want and tell you way more than you would ever want to know about what I think each of them means. But for right now, I'm really only interested in the last one. It says that one of the church's jobs is the exhibition of the kingdom of heaven to the world. It's the church's job to show the world the way things should be. And we are that church, queer and straight, cis and otherwise, strange and wonderful. Each of, each of us make up a vital part of the body, of the body of Christ and of God's flocks. So here we are, the church, the body of Christ in the world, on the Sunday where we're celebrating the reign of Christ over the world, and it's up to us to bring the kingdom of heaven to the world. God has, as promised, raised up a king to reign over us, a king that will deal wisely with all and will execute justice and righteousness throughout the world. But that king is the same man who walked among us and who hung on the cross with the thieves. He is a king who has suffered as we suffer and who stays with us through all of it. We, half-ass and the larger church, Lutheran, Presbyterian, whatever, are the hands and the body of that king. We're not waiting for the time to come or for someone else to help us. 
We are the body of Christ in the world, and the kingdom of heaven starts with us. We are the people we have been waiting for. We are the shepherds that God has promised us. I can live with the fear that comes to me and that many of us have because of recent events and this despair that comes each year around the day of remembrance because you all are here. And I have learned that you will shepherd me through all of this and more. And I can only hope that I can do the same for you in your hours of fear and despair because of where we are as a country right now and because of what day this is. I cannot tell you about Jesus' great and glorious reign on the large scale. Only on a microscopic scale. I can tell you about how on the smallest of scales, person to person in millions of tiny moments of love and respect for each other, we can get each other through the fear and despair and bring the kingdom to everyone. One moment at a time. It's hard to face, but the good news is that it's not up to any of us or any one of us. In life and in death, we belong not to ourselves, but to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ who suffered on the cross. Christ who continues to suffer with us through all our struggles. Trusting that, let us celebrate the reign of Christ on Christ the King Sunday and every day by being Christ for one another. I don't really have the words to tell you how to do that, but Bruce Reyes Chow, a contemporary leader of the Presbyterian Church, came up with a pretty good set of instructions, and I'm going to leave you with them right now. Go forth into the world with compassion and justice in your heart. Give voice to the silent. Give strength to the weak. See one another hear one another, care for one another, and love one another. It's all that easy, and it's all that hard. Amen.